Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. That was Elizabeth Padilla, a wonderful, wonderful artist that I've known for a while. She runs um, a retreat center in Marin County called Anabuti. But her voice is just so sweet. I mean, you can feel it, the sweetness. And so I was at a celebration with them last year, and she sang that song, and it brought me to tears. And she was singing the song to a higher purpose, and I go, I get that, girl. I so get where you are with that. There's a need for a deeper sense of love. There's a need for an awakened kind of love in our personality. It's there. It's there. It's there in all of us. I don't care if you're, 
if you're separating kids from their families and detaining people who are coming over to our country just for better opportunities, laws, policies, they need to be in place. They are important. But I do know that when we're coming from a deeper place of love, we will always find an answer that somehow doesn't give a lot of sorrow. And if you if you accept or believe what I've just said, please shout out to me because where the world is going right now doesn't feel right. It feels like something of the past is pushing all of us down. But then there's a vision, this vision of something higher, better, unified, a utopian existence, which is in us all, that's pulling us. Have you ever had that feeling, being pushed and pulled at the same time? So the push is like the past. And I I was thinking this morning as I was making some tea that, okay, everything in my past isn't dark. It's not gray. And everything in my past isn't bad. I mean, everything that we've all gone through so far has brought us to where we are right now. But the past is if I keep allowing the energy of those events and experiences which went against my peace and my purity and love as a living being, that that past is what is you know, feels like it's imprisoning you. It's it's holding it it's pushing you down. And you get pushed down enough over and over again, you start to consider it to be your norm. Like almost now when I wake up and my friends from the news station, so many of my friends who are journalists covering major news outlets, I give them love every morning to be covering the same dark news every day. How do they cope? But imagine you're waking up to a point in your life where it's just, oh, whatever, it's the same thing, or what did they do now, or what's happening now? And I think it's the same thing that we've done to our own consciousness. The the past that has been pushing us down, to some extent we've just gotten used to it. But there's a pull, and we all feel it. There's a pull, a vision, the better version of you, the balanced you, the balanced you, the part of you that has what it takes. It has that light. It's illuminated. It's you. <laughs> you know you're listening to America Meditating Radio. And I'm your host, Sister Jenna. I hope you like my moment of reflection because I know it was coming from a deeper place for me too. Stay tuned. Don't touch that dial. I'm going to be having a conversation with a young artist I came across in Colorado. And I'll tell you more as we go into the conversation. And I'm, let me see if I maybe just play one of her songs if you'll get a chance to even know who I'm about to interview but this young lady has just got a spirit of gold and i want you to keep the dial untouched you can turn up the volume keep the dial untouched as we have a conversation with allison stoner here's one of her latest songs stripped bear
Beautiful. That was Stripped Bear by Allison Stoner, who's going to be our special guest on air today. And I wanted to kind of set the tone when we get into our conversation, just for you to catch up on how we all met. But for those of you who are going to know more about this particular special human being, uh, we had a special meditation gathering in Colorado this year. And Allison Stoner has been gaining fame in both Hollywood and the music industry with tons of titles after her name like actress, singer, dancer, voiceover artist, and even YouTuber. But she got her start as a triple threat on the Disney Channel co-hosting Mike's Super Short Show. By age seven, she won the hearts of an older generation as the little pigtail dancer in Missy Elliott's music video, Work It, which she happened to have just took. She took her performance to the top at the VMAs uh, recently. Since her early reign, Allison has become a powerhouse heavyweight with blockbuster movies like Cheaper by the Dozen and Step Up franchise, hit TV shows across networks and cable. She's amongst the most searched actresses on Google and on IDMB, and she has over 40 film credits. She is an independent social media celeb with a YouTube channel called The Real Allison Stoner, which has garnered over 110 million views. That's a lot of watching. She is empowered, and she's an empowered female voice of a generation, redefining what it means to be a millennial woman. Today we're honored to welcome our special guest, Allison Stoner on America Meditating. Hi, my sweet sister. Welcome. Hi, how are you? (laughs) I'm great. I'm great. Congratulations on your new move. Thank you. It's been quite a while, the 24 hours, huh? I know. It, things happen so fast nowadays. There's no such thing as time. They're just moments. Yes. Yes, mm. it's been a, a whirlwind. And I have to admit, I, after the VMA performance, have slept maybe two hours. So oh. I should not be driving or operating heavy machinery. And if you... <laughs> If you hear sentences that do not sound constructed properly, that's the reason. Or we can just do a part two. How's that? Yes, perfect. (laughs) You can say before and after Allison sleeps. That's so beautiful. So let's start with um, kind of updating our audience. Allison, do you remember when we met, like, as you can see, I was innocent to knowing who you are, and you were innocent to knowing who I am. And the both of us are walking from the America Meditates event in Colorado, just kind of having this 
very normal conversation, right? But prior to us going to the park in Denver at the time, we had the original or initial meeting at that school in Denver where we did the mental health summit. And you shared something, something about you had put us all, the whole audience, through a process. I don't know if you remember, but you asked us to keep, toss, I think it was change or transform. I remembered clearly, and forgive me if I've lost a word, but you said, what are you going to keep? What are you going to toss? What are you going to transform, I think is what you said. And Mm -hmm. I loved it. And, Allison, there you were in front of the most prolific voices in American history from Bishop Carlton Pearson to Bishop Barbara King, Michael Beckwith, myself, and so many more. And you were telling us old people, some of us in canes, some of us with (laughs) and you were telling us, what are you going to keep, what are you going to toss, and what are you going to transform? And I turned to Michael and I said, Oh, I like her. He goes, mm-hmm, me too. And so we Aww. were just there. And that was when we met at the concert. I went, I want to talk to this soul more. So I just wanted everyone to know that she gave us a process to keep, toss, and transform. I want to start there. How did that process come about? Because it really helped us. Yes. So I noticed that in our culture with more emphasis on mental health and this idea of loving ourselves, we of course see the extreme expressions that tend to go toward, you know, almost a self-indulgence or, you know, sort of pandering to the capitalistic version of loving Mm -hmm. yourself. And so in order to tap into that core um, place of appreciation for this vessel, for life, um, for the energy and blood and, and cells um, and, and all components, I wanted to simplify the seeming battle and effort that our culture likes to paint as, you know, this unattainable goal of loving yourself, mm-hmm. that you need so many products to find it. You need a certain religious ritual to cement it and affirm it. And... Um, And I myself, coming from my original kind of theological background, uh, labeled me first as sinner and broken, so I too struggled (laughs) to ever imagine myself as being truly lovable. And so I said, what if I repackaged self-love as a simple and easy game that anyone at any point in any circumstance can play and it's called Keep, Toss, or Transform, and you simply look at yourself as one whole being, whole organism, and you identify all the parts of who you are, from relationships to your habits, to your community, to your thought life, and you simply select one thing at a time, and you ask yourself the question, does this lead to my wholeness? And if it Mm. doesn't, you might want to toss it, or you might want to transform it, realign it, get it back into its most optimal form, uh, sort of reconnect it to source, I guess. And us, um, But if it's good, Give us an example it. of something that you kept that you didn't want to toss. Oh, interesting. Hmm. You know, I think I, being a, I'll call it a recovering perfectionist and achiever, <laughs> 
Um, I tend to operate in a paradigm of sort of self-flagellation, self-condemnation, which, of course, over the last several years has thankfully been replaced with (laughs) freedom, thank God. But something I used to sort of scold myself about was my drive, because I thought, you know, you can either be quiet and polite and simple-minded and slow-paced, or you can be you know, ambitious and high achieving and focused and successful in society and whatnot. And so I saw a lot of exclusivity there. And uh, a mentor of mine gave me the framework of both and versus either Mm -hmm. or. And at that moment, I was able to acknowledge that there is room for this ability to be very productive. And it actually can be a strength, but what I needed to transform about it still um, was my judgment and my attitude and uh, even how I invest it. So, yeah, I decided to keep my just, like, dogged. Your ambition and your drive, and, and you begin to transform the way that you saw it. Because when I was in my 20s, ambition for me had a very human, physical definition. And as I matured, I started to recognize that it's the natural nature of the soul to want more, not out Mm -hmm. of a lack, but because the soul is an energy that's consistently growing, and it just has Mm -hmm. to always go into the more. Mm -hmm. So what I got from what you said is that you just transformed the way that you were looking at the ambition, the overachieving, and, and balanced it out a little bit. So you tossed the interpretation. Is that what you tossed? And then you sort of transformed it. Powerful, powerful. Yes, and I think I allowed it to be elevated into a higher octave and expression of transcendence. So, Mm -hmm. and, And that, of course, freed me from sort of the grimy, as you mentioned, physical, laborious version of ambition that's just predicated on so many uncontrollable factors and competitive markets and um, constructs that are really ultimately illusions. So, yeah, it's been beautiful to see how you can reclaim parts of yourself in a higher octave and allow them to be utilized in your fullest expression. One congratulations to you for that, because nowadays we're either going to serve a lower-end idea of who we are, or we're going to serve the higher-end truth of what we were meant to be. And, Mm -hmm. Allison, whether you are in Hollywood, in Washington, in Kauai, in Timbuktu, Mm -hmm. there is something that we all go through, these waves up and down. Some of us have so much, and yet we feel we don't have anything at all. Some of us Mm -hmm. have nothing at all. And when I'm in villages across the world, and I'm with these children in these shanty towns, and I look at the spark of their happiness. I say they Mm -hmm. seem to have so much, you know, even Mm -hmm. though physically they just don't. So definitely it's it's a change of perception that is needed. So the, the keep, toss, transform. Thank you for giving us that simple example because I knew for us we were sitting there in front of you and we were like, hmm, what do I really want to keep? 
question. But <laughs> now I'm actually thinking because I'm hosting our sixth annual retreat for our guests. We're going to use that. I might have to ask you oh, to come good. and lead that for me because I might not know how to do it that well. I want to go on to the fact that you raised the roof with that infectious all-in energy that you brought to the VMA Awards to Missy Elliott's song. Do you remember what you felt when those feet began moving and the cheers of the crowd? What was happening inside of you? Yes, absolutely. I do remember. I remember every sensation <laughs> as it came and passed through my body. And and I was able to be present for it because I've been practicing a few specific meditations. And so as I was walking to stage, I was focused on the interconnectedness of all life, people, objects, you know, the props, the fans outside the, or in, in the venue, the people outside who are asking for spirit change, just how everything is mm. one. And as I passed each person, I said, I am that. I am them. I am you. And it really relieved a lot of pressure. And I was able to then let compassion also increase significantly. And so in my body, there was a clearness a healthy non-attachment to these beautiful emotions that were, you know, joy and gratitude and love, but also, you know, that inevitable sort of spike in uh, that electric spark in your heart when you're priming for performance. Mm -hmm. And so I was standing among the crowd, and then as I walked on stage, I took a deep breath and I kid you not, it, it felt as though I experienced perfection. Mm. I tasted bliss in this eternal now sort of way. And I knew that the moment was bigger than me. It's bigger than all of us. And there's no separation between me, Missy, uh, the dancers, the stagehands, the audience. And allowing it to just be sort of the epicenter of the zeitgeist uh, mm. was like just, you know, it's incomprehensible. Here's where my, <laughs> here's where my, no, no, you have done um, so well in articulating that. I oh, good. <laughs> can't even begin to tell you that what you've just defined is when we are present, mm. everything that is who we're supposed to be happens at that given moment. Yes. And, and everyone can feel it. You know, when my producer showed me that, they were like, oh, my God, she's such a good dancer. I should have asked her to show me some steps when we were in Colorado. <laughs> but what I felt was that you were in. You were all <laughs> in. And that's exactly what you just shared, that everyone you passed by, I am you. I am mm -hmm. you. I loved that. Did Missy say anything to you backstage after the performance? Yes, obviously we were there to honor her, so it was more so everyone congratulating her and, you know, for an award well-deserved. I mean, her discography and her contribution to music is truly, in my, in my opinion, but I think a lot of people's opinions, unparalleled. And we were able to exchange what I consider the best hugs. She is so warm, so genuine, so supportive, and the hug feels very complete with her. You know, we can say very few words and yet just feel so so intertwined and i you know thanked her for the opportunity and and she 
later commented, I think, on social media that she, you know, couldn't couldn't do the show without bringing in the little white girl who people always ask her about. <laughs> and, you know, we, we didn't plan that ahead. That was that came together in about a day. <laughs> um, right. I was in New York for other engagements and uh, her choreographer reached out to me and I, you know, my heart lifted immediately and I canceled my plans. And so, yeah, like it's been, yeah, right. Um, there was something yeah. about it that was just so kismet, you know, it was like, yeah. you just, you know, when you know, when you know, when you know, and all you can do is show up and that's all I had to do. And that was such yeah. a gift. It's okay. very rare that in, in media, you have a setup where people are expecting positivity and I was able to stand in the center of a moment that, you know, bridged generations and cultures and personality types. And of course it's Missy's vision. It's high hats choreography. It's Dave Myers directing. It's the editors selecting, you know, the perfect moments, but I got to participate in ushering in this sort of family reunion that was global mm. and it was it reverberated and I think that's the most beautiful part of it is like you know yes there are some paparazzi who have followed me um, sure. through the airport now and whatnot but yeah you saw things, that TMC one <laughs> that was yeah, good right. well spoken you again would, even though you've only got two hours sleep well spoken <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I thought about you. Um, they didn't. They didn't play the rest of the interview. But by the end, we were talking about meditation, because you know <laughs> they try to kind of penetrate you with these glaring eyes, and I mm -hmm. just, I'm not disturbed by it at all. I've been doing this way too long to care. And uh, and I looked right back at him, and I said, you know, what's interesting is I think you're trying to um, fish for some answers, but my eye contact with you seems to be unraveling your your ploy and he said yes a absolutely you seem very spiritual does that stuff work <laughs> and I said it works if you show up I so love I really that they, they should have kept that. that yeah that well, would have been awesome that would have been awesome. not very dramatic but no it's gorgeous it's gorgeous <laughs> though and I think you know we're moving towards that whether we want to accept it or not there is an inner awakening taking place at different times mm -hmm. for each of us for those of us who are growing uh, and learning and expanding and broadening some of us are learning about you in terms of you started your career as a, at a very very young age and mm -hmm. we've often heard that a lot of individuals, a lot of children in Hollywood, they have struggled in growing mm -hmm. into, you know, balanced adults because the atmosphere isn't conducive for a holistic way of growth. From of from Colkin, Ron Howard, mm -hmm. yeah, Lindsay Howard, Jodie Foster, so many have gone through many different processes. What was it like for you? Sure. Yeah, it was similar in that you learn quickly to neglect your basic needs because your livelihood depends on getting people's approval in audition rooms, facing regular rejection, and then showing up to set and being employed for a very short amount of time only to then return to being unemployed and vying for the next role 
and it's you know it's competitive. It's it's highly comparative. Mm-hmm. And um, no, you're always comparing. Yes, yes, I know what you yeah. mean. Yeah. And um, and of course, on a health tip, when you're in constant chaos, there's no room for normal morning routines, hygiene practices. I mean, daily self-care. That I can't tell you how old I was when I learned how to actually do laundry. I could <laughs> perform in front of a hundred thousand people and speak at conferences, and yet I couldn't remember to brush my teeth. And it wasn't that I, you know, I had a lot of a lot of shame in my inability to sustain myself healthfully. And I, you know, I have a lot of chronic infections, and my body's still recovering. But that's what happens when you know it's your growth is stunted emotionally, similar yeah. to trauma. Your maturity kind of pauses. at the moment of trauma. And so what people don't associate with entertainers and performing is there are actual traumatizing components involved where these young kids are, they're numb because they go into survival mode. And then cut to, you know, their 30s when they've seen some highs and lows and some extreme situations and they have no infrastructure to remain resilient, to cope, to even know who they are. And they've been told who they are. I mean, it's really, it's like, it's a huge farce. It's an interesting thing because you are rewarded and celebrated and beloved by mass amounts of people. And yet no one knows who you really are because you don't even know. So my process was eventually accepting that I would not be able to move forward unless I slowed down and regrouped and did my own, you know, soul searching and discovery and expansion and healing predominantly and then approached the industry if I felt so compelled with an entirely fresh paradigm Sure. Um, and I'm I'm very fortunate that early on I sought therapy and I, I always considered myself a student to the adults around me and so I was very, very blessed open to, to have, the learning. Yeah, and to have adults who a few specific adults, my therapist, my vocal coach, even my, my basketball coach, who just instilled so many subtle but powerful frameworks and ways of Beautiful. existing so that I wouldn't I wouldn't fall into the um classic traps of child stardom sure. but I wasn't exempt from my own struggles uh and I sure. and I don't I don't judge my any of my peers either in fact I think it gives us all the more reason to approach the system itself and say, how can we get mental health practitioners on every set so these young people can be guided through these outrageous scenarios that are imagined and yet feel absolutely real in your body and instead of just leaving them vulnerable thereafter, help them regulate and process and be able to show up to do their jobs sustainably. And mm. uh, and right now we don't have that sort of infrastructure, so I'm working on kind of creating that movement. <laughs> and I can only well, imagine know, I that think... people will want to help kids. 
You know, I, I think it's going to happen. Uh, and Lou Gossett Jr., who is a five-time Oscar winner, you're going to want to connect with him because Lou and I have been talking a lot about that same thing, that right now celebrities are very interested in a holistic, spiritual sort of a groundingness while mm-hmm. on the set or even off the set to really connect them to a deeper sense of truth. And one of the yes. things I want to mention is that even though, you know, as you're growing up in front of a camera and the whole world is seeing it, I suspect, and I could be ignorant or naive in what I'm about to share with you, but on so many levels, we're all going through some similar things. The difference mm-hmm. with individuals growing up in front of a camera is that it's amplified because a million mm-hmm. or 10 million people are seeing your growth process, whereas Maybe for a child next door, nobody knows what they were going through, but they went through the same things, but it's not being seen by 10 million people. And I think that's something that. Exactly. And I think that's something that we all need to recognize that even when we're passing by, you know, a supermarket or we look at a magazine or something, you know, that's us. Something that you said Mm -hmm. earlier on in the conversation before you were going on the stage and going to the VMA and you passed people whether it was a homeless guy or somebody that was coming in in the audience or whatever, that that's me. That's Mm -hmm. me. And so there's that empathy or compassion. So I love the way that that you're communicating your spirituality. It seems to be coming out of you really just organically and naturally. Good. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's all about humanizing. It's really yes. making sure we human we're able to humanize ourselves in our own personal battles, and then of course look to to everyone around us, including celebrities and public figures, and and humanize them. And actually, that will create quite a powerful shift in the dynamic where we can actually dictate uh, how we communicate with public figures in the future, instead of having this illusion of separation, this unattainability, this glitz and glamour, corporations will have to actually respond to this desire for authentic connection and community building. And of course, mm-hmm. that, that creates accountability on everyone's front to not elevate someone you know, to demigod status and also to support everyone equally, knowing we, we really all are just doing the best we can. None of us are perfect. None of us are experts. But, but yeah, that's what I'm curious to see is if we get a hold of this perspective, how can mm-hmm. it actually unravel some of the system that, like, you know, makes so much money, millions and billions of dollars off of this illusion of separation? Right. Yes. I guess we're all separate. We have this sense of separation because we're so attached to our name gender, right. role, religion. I don't know if you've heard my meditation yet on letting go, but I will do mm-hmm. that meditation until I die, I swear, mm-hmm. because the thing that's been limiting us from loving fiercely and unlimitedly is this attachment that we're carrying right. for ourselves, you know. So where are you now? Like, What's your next big thing in you? When you think about a vision inside of you that keeps percolating, what is it saying? Share with us what's that vision signaling to you. It's a quiet voice, mm-hmm. and it definitely takes you beyond where you are. What's it been saying mm-hmm. to you? Yes, recently I have been hearing the new MO is others' success equals my success. My investment in 
service and contribution and providing resources and tools to other people, whether it's inspirational content or activism or, you know, teaching workshops at high schools. I'm not sure the expression of it yet, but knowing that I'm allowing myself to be used as a vessel to help others learn how to empower themselves and transcend their circumstance to know their worth so that they can contribute their best is something that brings a lot of peace. Whereas if I just constantly focus on convincing other people to like my music or acting, it just doesn't quite have the same sort of full embodied, I don't want to say satisfaction, but sense of completion and wholeness. And so that is sort of characterizing the next steps. I really would love and and I intend to write a book describing the process of being a young performer so that people can really understand viscerally what that looks like and we can continue this dialogue on healing all of our inner children um, and healing the ways we treat young people, not just in entertainment, but in, you know, high performance sports environments, in school, in just your household. So I have an affinity for people's sense of wholeness and healing, and I want that to be infused in everything. Of course, you know, with my newfound and recent love again for being on stage, I should say, mm-hmm. I would love to to tell sort of a a conscious, inspiring story, you know, and attach myself as a lead to a film again with this with this new semblance. But the the sky is really there's I mean there is no limit as I've seen in the last day, being a you know number one trending topic worldwide. It tells me that there's something to this moment, and it's worth opening myself up to new tiers of knowledge and wisdom and opportunity that I once previously maybe sort of shied away from or didn't know if I, you know, I put it into terms of do I deserve this or not? Have I worked hard enough or not? Sort of a mentality of scarcity versus abundance. And now, now I really am just like, if I want to expand and if I want the tree to you know, to have millions and millions of leaves swaying in the wind, then that means I have to make sure my roots are going just as deep and to start with the roots and then let the tree kind of grow as it wants to. Um, and oh, that, that sense of mystery so beautiful. is, it's, that it's is really so awesome. Beautiful. I mean, you are sounding like the perfect candidate for Oprah's Super Soul Sunday and Ellen oh. DeGeneres and all of these people because... What we are realizing is that the platform of media is supposed to be an instrument for good. And here you are at the age of 26. I remembered when we called each other, I think it was was a month ago, and you were asking me about some spiritual truths. And I love your curiosity, the way you (laughs) ask questions, you Mm -hmm. engage us. You know, you engage us in a deeper dialogue. I think one of the things that you were, you know, really looking at was looking at how the species will last beyond the climate crisis, right? And there's a lot of hostility and violence in the world. And your question to me back then was like, 
where will our humanity be in about a thousand years from now? And I believe what I was sharing or what I will share is that I see us walking on the planet like deities, you know, beautiful, perfected human beings with absolutely no algae in our consciousness, no anger, no lust, no greed, no attachment, and no ego. Just like how we've become so familiar with expressing ourselves with that influence, why can't we have had a period in our lives where that influence just wasn't in us? We have um, produced movies that have shown what a heavenly world looks like, what a perfect world looks like. And in those same movies, we showed what was responsible for taking away that experience, but how we fought, you know, we fought to get it back, and we did. And so I believe that the future is bright. It's just that this period that we're in is going to be the period of really strengthening the soul to get there. Hmm. Hmm. And I've heard, um, what is the... Is it the word reckoning that there's this sort of yeah we're we're facing ourselves with a new kind of seeing like mm-hmm. like what we're dealing with is the karmic result of all of our thoughts words mm-hmm. and deeds and so at a collective level what we're witnessing globally is the collective consciousness of all of our thoughts together and mm-hmm. now we're in this pot it's boiling, and we're now giving a chance. What thoughts now do you want to serve? And now we're well, we choosing. Well, we better play keep, toss, or transform. There you go. That's why I thought that was so awesome. I'm telling you, when Michael and I were sitting there, we were going, she's amazing. That's a pretty, what Aww. am I going to keep, you know? So uh, I do believe that we are all in the pot together, so I can't blame or judge you for the choices you've made. And one of the areas that I feel that we're all learning about right now is how to really come to a place of acceptance. You share on your YouTube program the importance of loving yourself and even overcoming fear, and love and fear can't live in the same house. Yet Mm -hmm. we do have moments when we're afraid, and we do have Mm -hmm. moments when we can love profusely like you did at the VMA when you were performing. And so how do we move that energy out completely requires, I think, a consistent attention and patience. Mm -hmm. I agree. And something in my video on overcoming fear that has been so helpful is that I, again, humanized it. I personalized or personified it as a, a face, a recognizable figure. And I often use my younger self. And to be able to ask fear questions and say, what are you trying to protect me from? And not in a, a hostile way, but in a in that curiosity, um, in that contemplative sort of open-minded space. And let fear speak. Let fear respond to you and learn how to separate your thoughts from fear's thoughts. And, you know, recognize that, like, as you sort of find a place of resolution and, you know, I I don't, I'm not going to say camaraderie because I don't necessarily want to just go hang out at the level of fear, Mm -hmm. but you can reach out a hand, extend a hand to fear who's huddled in the corner and lift fear up to, you know, like I mentioned earlier, that higher octave of love and, you know, watch it be transformed. And that sort of acceptance is necessary. Mm-hmm. You said something right now about the fear earlier. What does fear want me to 
understand or to protect? What was that? That was very powerful. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, fear is, is looking out for you. Maybe slightly misguided, but it's it's a, right. a strong instinct. It's a soldier, Never heard right? That thank before. you for your, for your service, you know, to thank you, fear, for, for trying to protect me. Um, but let's talk about your tactics and how we might need to refine <laughs> your technique. I love that. But, yeah. You know, I was listening to someone recently, and they were explaining how everything ultimately is an act of love. Even a thief stealing from someone has a love for something that they would go to that length to violate themselves and someone else's property to obtain it, the belonging. And so if you can, and, and of course that's not excusing any behavior or justifying violence, but if you can take out hatred altogether and see everything as an act of love, you can actually appreciate fear you can thank it for its service and then reconfigure it and Mm. that has been life transforming for me and it also just on a daily basis seeing everything as an act of love and and also you know using the i am that exercise it really just like reduces your aggression towards others toward yourself it invokes that compassion that we often aspire to cultivate and present to others, but maybe is kind of short-lived or dependent on, you know, how much sleep you got or how good the day is going. You know, I'm finding that my state is being altered Mm. in more of an infinite way, and it's outstretching my emotional state of being, and it's transcending (laughs) my personal attachments and opinions. And, you know, the second that I experience any form of liberation, I immediately want to be able to go and unlock the chains for other people. Mm -hmm. If you've been in a cage and you finally are able to fly, I mean, it's hard for me to imagine just taking off without making sure everyone else in the cages near me are able to do so as well. And I think that's the call that I'm seeing right now among my peers who are sort of waking up in new ways is this whole idea that it's bigger than yourself is true. And until there's equal access and representation and capability for everyone to have a seat at the table, I I don't want to start eating. You know, I want to make sure... I want to make sure that we're all at the table first. Otherwise, we get this very limited view of what the species will look like in its fullest articulation because only a small portion got to even play the game. That's Mm -hmm. boring. You are brilliant. You're absolutely brilliant. You are absolutely brilliant. So refreshing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, you said that you were going to challenge me with a few questions in our conversation, and I'm okay with that. Uh, (laughs) I'm okay with you taking over the interview, no problem. But one of them that that, that touched me was the one that you asked about ESP and Mm high-level intuition. Do you remember that one? Mm -hmm. Yes. Can you remind me what my question was? Yeah, you had something about you know, high-level intuition or or supernatural powers that a lot of people are experiencing clairvoyance and remote viewing. Uh, And you kind of wanted to hear more about what is it and and how does it work in these times. And so I'm going to give you my two bits if you're still interested in that same question. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm witnessing children performing telekinesis and many other things that – 
you know, I'll, I'll keep off the record right now, that kind of seemed almost yeah. like science fiction or a sign of mental disturbance or evil, but really are naturally resulting from meditation um, right. and altered states. So how, how can we train and develop those strengths, and, and does everyone have them? So I'm going to give you, like I always do, very, very practical responses to some of these questions. You become a lot more intuitive and clearer when you stop serving negative and waste thoughts. That's Mm. just the get-go. Now, there are some folks who might be in a pattern of a lot of waste or negative thoughts, and that also makes them intuitive Mm. at a particular level. But their intuition tends to be a vibration that attracts those similar thoughts. You get it? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I think all of us must always be aware of is when we become accountable for the quality of our own thoughts and the intention, of course, behind these thoughts, then we can begin to trust some of our intuitive ideas that come across us at very you know, unusual moments, sometimes when you're getting out of a car or just walking into the supermarket or going from one room to another. You get these signals, have you noticed, like these deep inner mm -hmm. signals of a thought. You go, oh, my gosh, that just seems absolutely right, absolutely perfect. But nothing around you is matching the thought, but you just know it's the right thought to put into action. So when you think about the fact that you can trust that your thoughts have been healthy and they have been positive, go for it. You know this is it. Mm -hmm. Just go for it. So I believe that there are a lot of us at this time that are moving into this very intuitive, extra subtle way of perceiving things, but I do believe it's important that you nurture the best thoughts possible. There was another question that you had for me about my definition of evil, um, and how do I define and understand that one? (laughs) I'm just trying to help you to catch up because I know you had a few hours of sleep. Um, (laughs) Yes, yeah. I, I, can I formally ask it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, because I know that many spiritual traditions describe the essence of God and Source as, as being one of unity, non-separation, oneness among all things. But over the years, you know, a lot of, at least my background is this concept of good versus evil, and teachers are... Uh, they talk about sin and darkness, and now I, I have new experiences that lend me to believe that's more of a narrow interpretation of just like, you know, saying something is missing the mark or breaking the rules is not allowing it to be elevated to its true highest identity, but what what then is evil? Does it even exist? Is it a figment of our collective consciousness that we've agreed mm-hmm. on? And what do well, we do? Great question. Great, great. I know that there is, I I like to coin it that there is an energy of light that exists and there's an energy of darkness that exists. There is an energy that is very unlimited in freedom and there's an energy that's quite unlimited in putting us in a cage, in bonding us, in making us feel trapped. So you can say it at a political level or you can say it as a strategy where you can say it to disempower people or to attack people. You can use the word evil as a promotional tool. But basically what it is is when you choose to act in a lower way, when you are no longer at peace with your conscience, when you are no longer in a pure place, when you are no longer loving, generous, kind, 
then mm-hmm. you're feeding a lower vibration. So religious or non, we've all been there. We've all had that yeah. energy splurring in us. But when it's used as a political tool or promotional tool to sway our discerning abilities to judge one person over another, not only is it evil, but it's unconscionable. Mm-hmm. And so if we can help people to understand that certain thoughts and words and choices that they make are serving an energy in them that will not give them mental freedom or will not let them understand the power of life, then we can help them to not serve that darker energy. I had asked Oprah a question in a conversation we had, and my question to Oprah was, what does God feel like to you? And Oprah said, Oprah just said, life, life. Mm -hmm. Just life. And so I think when somebody is living at a lower vibrational force, they don't feel like they're alive. So they push all these human tendencies to give them a a deeper sense of feeling. That's my definition. So evil is fed by um, that acronym that I used earlier, algae, A for anger, Mm -hmm. L for lust, G for greed, A for attachment, E for ego. That's evil. Mm -hmm. Hmm, right. It's a forgetting of who we truly are. Almost. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Hmm. I'm just going to quiz you on a quick follow-up there. <laughs> is it is it that the energy that corresponds with darkness is its own entity, like it's kind of its own personhood, if we're speaking in those terms, or is it just the absence of the light energy? It's. I think it's both. I think it's both. When we feed that energy, darkness, it it does create a vibration in the atmosphere. Mm. And when you walk into that vibration, you also feel it. And so there is an absence of light. And you can feel that the thoughts that have been generated in this room have not been the most loving or kind or benevolent or creative. And your whole being can feel that. And so... Mm your own being can sense it if you're subtle and intuitive enough to know. You know, have you ever been to a church or to a synagogue or to a temple or to a Buddhist meditation camp or even if you ever come to the meditation museum? The moment you walk in, there's a vibe. Mm -hmm. Now, when you walk into a place like, let's say, a prison or you walk into a nightclub or let's say you walk into a department store, you can feel the vibrations of those particular spaces, a completely mm-hmm. different energy than what you would feel at a synagogue or a temple. Mm-hmm. Why? Because of the collective thoughts of people in that space. So mm-hmm. there is a negative energy that is existing. And in order to right. protect ourselves from that, we have to right. optimize our positive and pure thoughts. Right. I love that. And I was just thinking um, the airport is a great example to enter the space and feel that frenetic, nervous energy and, going. and tension. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's yes. something that I, I always notice nowadays because I, I want to be able to sort of stay in my own space and not be drained by it. But to observe it is really, really fascinating that people who were just calm on the other side of the door have now entered the airport and are suddenly stressed out of their minds. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that means right. everything that we think, 
that vibration also influences us, and that's the stage that we are in now that we're trying to fight against this very negative energy that we're feeling on our planet. And that's where I feel we're all being called to rise up our energy even more and more. Can I tell you how much you and I could go on for hours and continue our conversation (laughs) for days? But I'm going to have to come to a close because we're totally out of time here. I do want to end it on a continuously good note that we've been having so far. Leave our listeners, Allison, with food for advice, something that you would recommend that every one of our listeners can now begin to think about so that they can move more towards their vision. Oh, my word. You're going to put me on the spot with that to end? <laughs> One. Um. <laughs> what a friend's for. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, let's see. What comes to mind right now? Um, hmm. I would say let's simplify so that later you can multiply. Let's start first with simplifying your life, the amount of decisions you make in a day so you're not fatigued by stress and options. Look at minimalism. How can you reduce your consumption of media or consumer products or even just energy you know, from conversations so that you can simplify the traffic that's going <laughs> in and out? And then from there, I think, you know, that's when you get to ask yourself those those deeper questions of what's my vision, what's my purpose, who am I? And you're you can hear the still voice, the small voice within. So my advice would be before you try to leap, like really pause. The culture says to go faster, but I think the real champions are gonna say, I'm gonna slow down and um and find stillness first. Simplify Perfect. everything. And then see what's essential. And first of all, you'll realize how little you actually need, especially physically. But then secondly, you'll be able to approach your next goal and take that risk with the least amount of baggage possible. And, you know, we want to be light on our feet and light in spirit. And what's inside is what we're going to be extending to others. So clean out your closet. (laughs) I got it. That's exactly what they're doing downstairs in the studio right now. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Allison Stoner, thank you so much for joining us on air and all the very best for just continued illumination, light, and my blessing and my pure feelings for you that may you continue to get roles that can speak truth to power as to the person that you are. Thank you so very much. Yes. Likewise. Thanks for having me. All the very best. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was Allison Stoner. If you'd like some more information, go to her social media link. She's all over, A-L-Y-S-O-N, Stoner, S-T-O-N-E-R, for more information. I really enjoy talking with her. There's something about this young energy. You know, these folks in their 20s, there's just so much beauty in their beings, and they're teaching us older folks, get with the program. Stop wasting your time. Anyway, remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission, and we really are here to love each other the same. Here is our wonderful Vanessa Williams, Colors of the Wind. And hey, by the way, don't forget to join me in Sacramento for the Visionary Summit, September 19th to the 23rd. Just go to Visionary Summits or check on America Meditating Facebook for more information. Here is Colors of the Wind by Vanessa Williams. Take care, everyone. You won't do whatever.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. 
Take care.